Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I'll be your host for the hour. Today we're going to be talking about adaptive leadership, and with us today we'll have Ruben Morales, the President and CEO of San Diego Regional Chamber and Commerce, joining us soon. On the line currently we have William, um, is it Kearney, William? No, it's Lloyd Ballard. Oh, I'm sorry, I still had the, uh, I still had your partner in here. I'm sorry, Lloyd. No problem. Lloyd, give me your last name. It's Ballard. Ballard? Ballard. Yes. Bollard, thank you, thank you, Lloyd. And you are you with um, WB Kearney? I'm actually with LB International Consulting. LB International Consulting. I just want to put you someplace else, don't I? Well, I'm <laughs> going to take another guess. Are you out of Atlanta? I'm actually out of the Washington D.C. metro area. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad to have you on the phone. I have you completely mixed up with um, with Bill, don't I? Yes. <laughs> That's okay. Well, I'm still glad to have you on the phone and looking forward to our conversation on adaptive leadership. Let me ask you, did you do the talk or did your partner do the talk when I saw you at the conference in D.C.? And Bill actually did the talk. Okay. Well. I know who I'm talking to now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Lloyd, for joining us. And uh, and I, again, am, am looking forward to having a conversation. I was favorably impressed by both of you, so I'm sure your conversation will be just as great as the conversation that uh, we had during the presentation in D.C. with Bill. Why don't you tell myself and our listening audience a little bit about yourself, Lloyd? Okay. I have over 27 years of experience working within the human service field. And prior to starting um, LB International Consulting, I spent 10 years at the Child Welfare League of America in several different positions. One, Director of Cultural Competence and Racial Disproportionality, Director of Best Practice to Reduce the Use of Restraint and Seclusion, Senior Consultant, and Director of Residential Services. Um, I also serve as a consultant for the Alliance for Children and Families Intellectual Capital Division. Um, I'm also board chair for the African American Adoptions Incorporated based out of Springfield, Virginia. And I'm also board chair of the Angie Kennedy Educational Foundation. Um, I'm a member of several different advisory groups and boards. Um, I've published over 40 books, chapters, position papers, guidelines, and articles on subjects such as cultural competence, uh, restraint and seclusion, um, supervise effective supervision, recruitment and retention, racial disproportionality and disparity of outcomes, residential care and community-based services. I also served as an adjunct professor for Concordia University out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay. Well, fabulous. I am, um, again, just delighted to have you on the line. And um, I actually know exactly who I'm talking to, and I'm so sorry for confusing you with Bill to begin with. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> like I said, both of you were quite impressive when we met at the um, Alliance Conference there in D.C. Thank you. Yes. Um, has Ruben joined us as of yet? I think he was having a little bit of difficulty getting through the switchboard, so hopefully he will be on the line uh, just shortly, and we'll invite him on into the conversation. I'm going to just start with asking you, Lloyd, with regards to your thoughts around what adaptive leadership means to you, and how do you see it as relevant uh, to nowadays leaders? Well, I guess I see adaptive leadership as a non-traditional practical framework that helps individuals and organizations adapt and thrive in um, a changing environment. I would probably also add that the framework requires leadership not to provide solutions, but to ask the right questions and use the employee's collective intelligence to clarify values, 
establish shared vision, shared understanding, and create new capacities for collaboration and coordination of the adaptive work. And then when I think about as to why adaptive leadership is relevant today, um, well, we're probably, probably all of us are too familiar with adaptive, with the current adaptive challenges that most organizations are currently facing, like our current economy, changes in society, shifting markets and services, greater competition, mergers, and emerging and global technology. And when we think of these adaptive challenges, they're forcing organizations to clarify their values, develop new strategies, and learn new ways of operating. And we know that organizations that are unable or unwilling to adapt to the new challenges, they really risk the probability of having to close. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, you know, I think that um, I think you've said a, a, a lot there with regards to your thinking as it relates to the definition as well as how relevant it is today. If we were to um, maybe bring that a little closer to home and have you think about it and talk about it from your own career, how you've been challenged as an adaptive leader, what might all that mean? Well, if I think about the first time that I really had to think about uh, adaptive change, it was actually when I was employed by the Child Welfare League of America. And at that particular time, we had a particular model, and we changed that model. Our service model um, was the model from an expert model. So we had an expert over each program area. But what we decided is that we needed to shift where we were actually utilizing collective intelligence of the people that's actually involved in the service arena. And what informed you of the need to make that shift? Well, one, we heard from our members the need to involve youth and family members in the process, as well as agency staff, and, and public agency staff. So we needed that broad representation because we realized that practice didn't happen in the office. It happened in the field. Hmm, very good. And how did you go about meeting that challenge? Well, once we made that change, one of the things that we did is that we established national advisory committees to direct our work. Prior to that, directors were basically directing their own work. But once we established these advisory committees, we also made sure that we had collective intelligence, and we did this by looking at the members. So the members consisted of youth, family members, advocates, public and private agency representation. So we had that broad representation that we needed, mm-hmm. and they really drove the work that we did. Mm-hmm. So when you think about, Lloyd, the essence of adaptive leadership and adapting to then the, one might say, the world around us so that we are positioned to meet the needs of those we are endeavor, endeavoring to serve or provide services or product to, um, what informs a leader? What does a leader have to do so that they're informed of need? the need to change, and what skills do they have to have in order to be able to manage that change? How does one prepare to be an adaptive leader? Yeah. Well, one of the things, you know, one of the first things when you're talking about preparing to be an adaptive adaptive leader, um, you really have to know what are your challenges. What are the adaptive challenges that your organization is currently facing. What are those adaptive challenges? And you have to be very clear when you're assessing those challenges because they have to be adaptive and not technical because if they're technical, then they can be resolved by expert. But if they're, if they're actually adaptive, then it's going to require the agency. So let me have you put a comma right there and just tell me, so what's the difference so that our 
so that we're inside your head and we know where you're drawing the distinction between the technical versus the adaptive challenge. What's the distinction for you? Well, when we look at adaptive, um, when we look at um, technical challenges, those are challenges where you actually have an expert that can actually resolve those or there's actually a blueprint that can be used to resolve those issues. When you're talking about an adaptive challenge, then those are challenges where experts cannot resolve that. It really requires adaptation. Okay, now I'm going to put a semicolon in because I think there's more to come on this definition. So I want to hear a little bit more, but I hear we need to take a break. Also, I'm hoping that when we come back, we'll have Ruben on the uh, line to join us as we continue this conversation around adaptive leadership and how do we position ourselves to be responsive to the needs in the um, environment around us. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about adaptive leadership, and before we went to break, Lloyd was sharing with us his thoughts regarding the difference between technical um, changes or adapting to a technical change versus one one having to, I might say, those things that are more adaptive uh, changes. And Lloyd, I think you were saying those things that were more technical, there's probably a, a clear, defined roadmap and answer and you're saying a little bit more about what's required as relates to the adaptive. Want to pick up there? Certainly. Those, those challenges that are adaptive, there are no clear answer, and you're going to actually, actually use collective intelligence to, um, to reach your answer. It, all, it, it will also require um, some adaptive changes throughout the organization in terms of how the organization works. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we were saying if one's addressing an adaptive challenge, 
what are the skills that one might need to have in order to best be able to manage and lead through that type of situation? Yeah, and the first point was about assessing. You have to first be able to assess the organization and be able to identify the adaptive challenge. Once you're able to identify the adaptive challenge, um, a huge part of the job is also being able to mobilize people to do the adaptive work. Mm-hmm. And once you start to mobilize your staff, you also have to support them. There has to be a way to actually support the process throughout. Okay. And so I'm... Um I'm writing these down as you're going through, and I'm, I'm thinking that my listening audience is probably thinking what I'm thinking, and that is to say a little bit more if I were to unpack these and say assessing the organization and being able to identify what the adaptive challenge is, how might one go about doing that? Well, if, I, if, if, if you were looking for a model, a more mm-hmm. concrete model, mm-hmm. I probably would look at Hyphus and Laura article. They did a piece the work of leadership, and they provided six principles for leading adaptive work. And um, they actually refer to those six principles as the ideal, the ideal practice, and it provides excellent guidance. And the first point is that they actually provide is um, the first principle is get on the balcony, which which actually means that just like it sounds, get on the balcony, think about it. When you're standing on the balcony, you're looking down at everyone and you can see how everything is operating and how everything is functioning. So it's so important for you not to get swept up in the field of play or the day-to-day operations of the organization, but to be able to remove yourself from that So you have to be able to move between the balcony and the action of the organization. And if you're able to do that, then you can actually identify emerging patterns. Um, You can can also identify work avoidance, which you will have. Um, And you can mobilize people to actually do the adaptive work. Okay. And the second principle Mm -hmm. would be around identify adaptive challenge. Now, when you're going to identify the adaptive challenge, which, we, which I talked a little bit about, first the leader must, they have to fully understand the nature of the threat. What are the threats and where are the threats coming from? And then, then like I spoke of before, you have to make sure whether, whether it's a technical threat, which you can use an expert to resolve, or whether it's an adaptive challenge where it's going to require people throughout the agency to learn ways of doing business differently. And then the third principle Mm -hmm. is to regulate distress. And what you have there is that you really want your leader to inspire change without disabling people. So it's important to pace the adaptive work. You know, leaders must be able to create a balance between having people feel the need to change and having them feel overwhelmed by the change. So it's kind of like a pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. You want I love some that. pressure mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. However, if you put mm-hmm. too much pressure on them, what happens? It explodes. All right. Okay. And okay. then you want to maintain principle number four. You want to maintain disciplined attention. Here you want to encourage managers to grapple with divisive issues. And what happens usually when someone comes up with a point that's really, that's really people are thinking it's from left field and it's not supporting the direction that you're going in, many times what happens is people start scapegoating and, and just not addressing it. But what you really want your managers to do is to demonstrate collaboration to solve problems. So you okay. don't want them to And hold on, you, on you actually called this point. What did you call this fourth point? Maintain disciplined 
attention. Maintain disciplined attention. And this, uh, and this disciplined attention, the last point you were making was you really want them to be able to collaborate, or is that going into number five? No, that's still number four. That's still number four, okay. Yeah. You want them to deal with those issues. You don't want them scapegoating mm-hmm. individuals um, or, or using denial that this isn't an issue. If it's an issue, you want them to drill deeper to find okay. out what's happening. So you mm-hmm. really want them to collaborate to solve problems. Okay. And then number five, you want to give the work back to the employees. And what this is, that the, the leader has, they, they must instill a collective self-confidence versus dependency on leadership. And you do this by supporting your people versus controlling them. So you want to encourage risk-taking, responsibility. Um, you know, you want people to take risks. However, when they do take risks and they make a mistake, you want leadership to back your people up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the final principle would actually be you want to protect leadership voice from below. And what that means is that... Protect leadership voice from below? Is that yeah, what I heard you say? voices oh. from below. So what happens is, is that many times when you get the voices from below, think about it. Um, many times the people that you end up getting things from in terms of um, may not always be. It may be a staff person who works only on the weekend, um, maybe in terms of their level of education and what they need it um, is pretty minimum. And when they decide to actually share what they have to share, it may not be the most articulate. However, it's important that you listen to what the person is saying and try to understand what they're saying. So even when you have whistleblowers and people that not on board, you want to allow that. You want to hear that. Because what, what you want to do is separate the person from the perspective You want to try to hear what their perspective is because their perspective can provoke fresh thinking. Wonderful. I absolutely love that um, six-step process. And what was the reference you used for this? This is actually work from Heifetz and Laurel article. Okay, great. Thank you. Say the reference again. It's Heifetz and Laurel. Uh-huh. Article title, The Work of Leadership, okay. 1997. Okay. Great. And it sounds like Ruben has just joined us, and we almost need to take a break because I heard the music cue. And, Ruben, thank you so much for being on the line, and so sorry it was so difficult for you to call in today. Hey, it's all about adaptive leadership. <laughs> we, we were definitely doing it. Sounds like we're going to take a, a quick break, but when we come back, I want to invite you into the conversation and so looking Great. forward to hearing what you have to say on this topic. Thank you. Yeah, so please stay with us, everyone. Um, We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. the boardroom to you voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by innovisions need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact innovisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 858-244-8264 that's 858-244-8264 or email dr g at dr.g at innovisions.org innovisions is a social enterprise of the neighborhood house association of san diego funds raised go to support the neighborhood house association's mission developing children families and future leaders of our communities through empowerment education and wellness 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment rising to levels not seen since the Great Depression. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're discussing adaptive leadership and Ruben Morales has joined us. And Ruben, I'm going to ask you just to share a little bit about yourself to our listening audience. Oh, well, thank you, Cheryl. Um, well, I'm currently the president and CEO of the San Diego Regional Chamber of Commerce, which uh, is the largest chamber of commerce on the Pacific West Coast. And um, I've had uh, great uh, opportunities uh, in my career to, to work uh, Serve as an elected official, work in the uh, private sector and small business, uh, and run a couple a couple of nonprofit organizations uh, in California, and then uh, worked uh, back in D.C. Uh, for a little bit as well. So I've uh, been blessed with an opportunity to work in the uh, private sector, public, and nonprofit uh, sector um, in the last few years. Great. Well, we are thrilled to have you um, in San Diego leveraging your talents. I know with the board here at the Neighborhood House as well as um, the work that you do that is very well respected with the San Diego Regional Chamber of Commerce. So, again, excited to have you on the line. Love to hear from you, Ruben, with regards to your thoughts around adaptive leadership, what it means to you, and how you find it relevant. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, in in these uh, in these economic times, I mean, everyone is practicing adaptive leadership. I think because that's mm-hmm. the only way that uh, organizations uh, are surviving right now is by trying to adapt to uh, what's happening um, in our in our economy and its implications on society and and, and how we do business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in my in my limited scope, uh, we're focused on small businesses, uh, enterprises in the San Diego region. Uh, trying to help them cope with uh, the challenges they're facing. Um, you know, uh, value uh, have gone down in terms of uh, assets, uh, uh, property values, and, and the like. Um, uh, consumers, uh, generally speaking, are not spending as much as before, and, and it's very difficult for a lot of uh, small businesses and, and some nonprofits to to make ends meet. So I, I think uh, most anyone who is running an organization and by running an organization, I, you know, I hope that means that they're they're making it sustainable and and thinking of the future and not just getting by um, has got to got to be adaptive and has mm-hmm. got. To, and so, when you think about the skills that a leader needs today in order to meet that challenge of really um, making it sustainable and and sustainable now and for the future, what are what are you thinking are the things that set people apart for those who maybe have made it and those that maybe haven't made it in this transition time? Yeah, well, I think, um, uh, and I like to think of the folks that, you know, that are making it because I think it's still ongoing. Exactly. But, um, a couple things, and they're pretty basic, I think, uh, to business practices. Uh, you know, focus on what you do well, which is a challenge. Sometimes in the nonprofit sector, you do so many things. Organizations uh, kind of stretch themselves quite quite a bit, even though they have uh, limited staff and resources. So, trying to de- de- develop a sense of focus in, in what you're doing, um, you need to definitely these days. Um, you need to have a sense of um, fiscal management. You know, being able to really understand kind of the implications for the short term and the long term in terms of uh, fiscal decisions, everything from personnel to to how you um, balance your your balance sheet and your income statement um, and thinking about it in the longer term rather than just getting through this fiscal year, but how you reach sustainability. 
and then I think it's asking yourself the questions and, and hopefully, you know, collaboration is a, is a key because so many organizations are having to, to work with others, I think, that they didn't have to work with before, and um, they're, they're having to do that to be able to, to survive and, and thrive. Mm-hmm. Good. Lloyd, in hearing what um, Ruben has shared with us, anything you might add, any thoughts get triggered? Um, other than what I shared before, I, I think, um, no, I think Ruben, um, the things that he added were, were excellent. No, mm-hmm. nothing to add to that. Okay. Ruben, when you think about your own career, uh, thanks, Lloyd. When you think about your own career, um, Ruben, what would you say has been the biggest challenge that you've had to face um, as an adaptive leader? And how did you meet the challenge? Yeah. Well, um, twofold. Uh, one is um, uh, one of the one of the big challenges uh, for many folks, I think, in, the, in speaking in the nonprofit sector, is the issue of, of human resources and personnel management, and and that very unfortunate and uh, but uh, but inevitable occasions of where you know you have to let uh, lay people off or you know or reduce the size or reorganize an organization. That's always difficult. You know, those of us in the nonprofit sector, you know. Are, Tend to uh, be there, or do those kinds of things because we care about about people and, and society, and want to help people. And that's a, that's a tough thing, but um, I think understanding how to do that um, when it's necessary and how to do it's important. And then along those lines, are again in the nonprofit sector, m- many people uh, that have uh, risen up to leadership positions. Sometimes they are not the ones that are. Uh, the strongest, say, in, in fiscal management um, or some of the uh, basic managerial skills. And I think it's important to, to you know, beef up your, your, your experience and, and your learning in those areas. But then uh, probably even more important is to focus on, on people who are strong in those areas and hire and, and work with the best people you can find that can help you in those more technical areas. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. Um, Lloyd, anything to add? Yeah, I think if if I reflect on my own experience, it probably would be in terms of um, while working as a consultant, really trying to get organizations to understand um, the adaptive challenges that they face and not to be so tied to what they've done historically but to look at what the community is saying, but what their environment is also forcing you to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the, you know, I think what comes to mind um, for me, just a, a thought as I um, heard you say what you just said, and even kind of think back on what Ruben was saying regarding um, doing what you have a passion for doing, doing what you're good at doing. I can remember um, just um, I've taught at a couple of universities in the uh, local area for a number of years, and one of which moved a lot of their um, programs online. And I can remember initially when that process was happening, saying to my dean that, um, you know, you can't teach interpersonal skills online, and, you know, we're going to lose so much with regards to trying to teach cultural competence in a... Uh, in that type of format, and da 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 da, and there's a lot of resistance with regards to moving these classes online. But that was where the market was going, and it's either you figure out how to do it effectively in that vehicle, or you really get displaced from mm-hmm. you know that particular market. And and so um, kicking and screaming, we went and we do it, and I can see how it's done well, um, and what we have to do to kind of simulate and compensate for the for it being a completely different medium but um nonetheless the market demanded making it happen and and so we've kind of moved into the space of being able to know how to do that that's just one you know thing that kind of came to mind for me any other thoughts come to mind for you where there's maybe a there's a core of what someone has to do but maybe they're having to do it differently now given the market shifts yeah i think as lloyd is you're you're saying and lloyd said you know the Adapting, uh, boy, it sounds easy, you know, reading it in a book or, you know, thinking about it generally, but, uh, it's hard because, uh, organizations have, uh, histories and cultures and, um, and, you know, doing, for many of them, doing what they've always done is, is what's, um, helped them survive or, you know, it's, it's what they've, uh, maybe the founders have thought of as, as the mission, but, 
you know, um, you know things really are changing. Um, not so much the needs maybe that we're filling, some of those needs remain the same, but uh, the, the way that uh, we are able to um, harness resources to um, fill those needs um, have, have changed, you know, use of technology, as you say, um, other ways to, to raise money for, for nonprofits that are fundraising or adding value to memberships for organizations like uh, Chamber of Commerce, you know, adding, uh, providing value to our members of small businesses uh, that are themselves struggling right now. So really, yeah, trying to adapt and, and really trying to think of the future, I think as Peter Drucker would say, you know, in the, the future that's already happened, the changes that are, we're living with right now, where the world's moving, you know, adapting and, and trying to get out in front of it. And um, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a big challenge. Yeah, no, absolutely. I hearken back to Lloyd. You're talking about those six steps, and um, and I'm and I guess I can use as a example just for threading the thought. Um, when I did have to make that change of going into doing more of the teaching online, and how the university really had to be on the balcony to see the change was coming, and had to identify that adaptive challenge as you talked about, Lloyd, and regulate our stress with regards to how we were going to make that shift but really also provided the um, support as relates to, you know, um, ensuring that we have the technical skills, kind of going back to what Ruben had said around some of the managerial skills. In our case, it was a service delivery mandate, um, but there certainly were a lot of different things to learn with regards to how to navigate in a, um, one might say, online environment or a, um, I don't know, Internet environment. I can't think of, we used e-college and a number of different um, containers. But at any rate, they didn't just say go do it. They said if you're willing to do it, we're willing to put you in the train to learn to do it and then provided the encouragement and the support until we could, you know, do it and, and literally listened to what we needed in the process. And I think as we begin to um, continue to look at what's our core mission and things that we're having to do and maybe doing it in different ways, some of the things I know that uh, we've always done in leadership, which is identifying what do people need from us as relates to um, support and the having the competence, the direction that they need, will be mandates that we'll continue to do. But I, I love that uh, first step that you talked about, Lloyd, as relates to getting on the balcony yes. so that we can see the change um, just that need to happen and help people position and help our organizations position um, to be nimble. Any other thoughts about, you know, a leader positioning themselves or positioning the organization to be agile enough to stay relevant and viable in meeting the needs and demands of their communities or markets? Yeah, I, I really think that it, it's important. I, I think Ruben spoke to this, too, in, in terms of it's hard to get managers or leaders to actually change their behavior because traditionally, um, you know, the things that they've been doing in terms of solving problems for the agencies, um, that's, that's what leaders do. So now what you're talking about is adaptive leadership where you're really going to look to your employees, and sometimes it's not just your employees. Sometimes it's the both um, people in and outside of the organization. You're going to use that collective intelligence to get, to where you need to be, knowing that you need to do business differently. So you need to understand that the values that made them successful that really have become less relevant today. And even some of the skills are less relevant, and sometimes they can be reframed and retooled, however, and you want to do that when you can. But they also have to look at their values, and they have to select and decide which pieces of their values is actually crucial and should be upheld and what part of the values should be left behind in order to adapt a new reality. I think that's important. So, let me just push a little bit there and um, and have you differentiate. What might be a value that may not be relevant today but may have been relevant yesterday? Um, um, you know, and it sounds like we have to do a break, but so you'll get a chance to think about that. When we come back, I'm going to ask you that. I want to I really want to push and understand that just so we get an example of what you're speaking of. And then I also want yourself and Ruben to think about and share with us what skills are most relevant. I mean, think about the skill sets of leaders today in order to be able to 
lead effectively, have organizations be nimble and responsive in this environment around us, what are the most important skill sets and how might one go about developing them? So we're going to take a short break and be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, and really glad to have Lloyd and Ruben both continuing with us. Lloyd, you were um, about to talk a little bit more um, right before we went to break. You were responding to a question. I'm happy to just jump right back in. Okay. You asked me a question about what values might an agency decide to right. leave behind. And, wanted, and I actually have a I think I have a pretty good example. Oh, good. And I'm thinking about an organization that um, their values were around serving children, but it's serving children within a residential setting. And this agency was very much connected to growing their residential program. However, one of the things that I tried to help them to understand was the environment around them. What had happened is that this organization was serving children from three different states, but they were located in one state. However, two of the three states had an initiative to reduce the use of residential care as well as to shorten the length of stay. And two of the states also had initiatives to return all of their children back to their home state within two to three years. So this was a value that would not serve them very well if they if they did not revisit it and make a shift. And they were able to make a shift. And now this organization, um, once they were able to really hear in terms of what their adaptive challenges were and accept them and not hold on to what their history was to embrace, it's important to maintain and remember the history, it's also important to be able to look at when you made the changes and why you made them. Mm-hmm. It helps you in terms of educating your people. Okay, so good. This organization is now a multi-service agency providing community-based, campus-based, and educational services to children. They're, they're no longer reliant on 
residential care, and they actually even reform their residential programs. So right. okay. it really so their value. really kind of harkens back to something Ruben said earlier with regards to finding out what you're good at and um, building on and leveraging and doing that. And then what you're saying also is, you know, how we go about doing that may need to change based on the environment so they continue with their core serving children but transitioned that skill set into something that was going to be um, sustainable and uh, as the environment around there changed. So it was no longer, as you were indicating, just in residential. Love that example. Have either of you, we actually, Valerie had a question that paralleled with what we talked about as it relates to um, as it relates to skills. That first question, Valerie, you want to come on the line and just read that question? Okay, the question comes from Vincent in Florida, and he says, as a new business leader and first-time manager and also a recent graduate, I love that this concept includes flexibility and creativity as a strategy. As a leader, how can I apply the concept of adaptive leadership on a day-to-day basis at the personal level? Great, and I think that helps us also drill down and think about what Vincent was saying as relates to skills necessary to do that. Either thoughts, um, either of you have thoughts, Lloyd or or Ruben? Well, well, um, you know, uh, mine I think are um, uh, pretty uh, simplistic, but not necessarily simple. And that's, um, you know, the role of uh, a leader um, ideally is. Um, have some vision about you know dri- where you're driving towards you know what what it is you want to accomplish in your organization in your department in your office uh, whatever it is your project so really having a clear sense of what what that is and then um, hopefully being able to, to delegate and um, you know develop a team that can help help deliver that. Mm-hmm. I love that and that is so key. I you know kind of harkens back to that. Um, leads us a proverb that says that people without vision perish. But an organization without a vision definitely does not thrive and and does just the same with regards to eventually goes away. And I think that that's a great place for Vincent to think about with regards to being able to have the skill of of, um, being forward-looking. And envision yeah, th- what they'd like to see in the future. Yeah, it's not uh, you know uh, having developing a you know a poetic uh, vision statement. It's mm-hmm. really thinking about what you know where where do you want to be mm-hmm. and again as well as a person as a as an organization mm-hmm. in in six months or a year or mm-hmm. three or five years and, mm-hmm. and, and driving towards that. Love that. So forward thinking is a is a great skill set. Any others come to mind? I would also say that um, the vision is definitely important, and um, that's definitely connected with the assessment because you got to know where you are, mm-hmm. what are your challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also go back to get on the balcony, and the reason I say that because he talked about day-to-day, and it's so important in terms of getting on the balcony and not being swept up in the day-to-day operations where you can actually – see how the organization is actually functioning because when you get swept up, you can become a prisoner of your own process. So you need to be able to see things as in from the outside, from a day-to-day, moment-to-moment, and mm-hmm. that helps you to be able to do that. Yeah, you know, and that kind of takes me back to what I think I heard um, Ruben say as relates to delegating because in order to be able to get on the balcony, we very often have to be able to get a team in place, be able to build a team, get a team in place that we can delegate to so that we have the the latitude that we, you know, so we're not so caught up into the day-to-day action that we're prevented from getting on that balcony and thinking more strategically about the uh, the future with regards to the trends that we're seeing out there and maybe doing that SWOT analysis, strengths and weaknesses internally, but looking externally at the opportunities and threats that may be, um, out there for the organization to consider. We talked also a lot about collaboration. I, I heard you say that quite a bit, um, Lloyd, when we were first kind of going through the conversation. And so that harkens to me just the importance of um, listening skills, the importance of being able to hear others out and build on others' ideas, um, which I think are skills that are real basic yet really very important with regards to success as a uh, for leaders, and so 
Um, and I don't want to also forget, I think, some other good skills that Ruben talked about in these uh, real difficult times, and that's the basic managerial skills. Uh, I think real important. Any uh, final thoughts as we begin to transition from today's show? Any final well, tips that either you wanna, offer? Mm-hmm. I want to emphasize what uh, Lloyd is talking about, being on the balcony, as he puts it. It, it. I think it's so important, and and I think what you need to do to be able to do that is to take the time. And, you know, as he just talked about, you get so caught up in the day-to-day, you think, I you know, just don't have time to, to sit and think about, you know, the bigger picture and all, but... You know, if you don't take the time to do that, um, you, you're going to be doing the same thing for years and years without really, without really growing and, and taking advantage of, of opportunities and, more importantly, I guess, um, being able to adapt to the way the world's changing. Yeah, mm-hmm. love that. Any final thoughts from yourself, Lloyd? Yes, I would just say that people should remember that adaptive work is tough, mm-hmm. and it's tough on everyone, um, and it's, counter, it's counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. in terms of how we've been taught um, because now you're being asked to ask difficult questions, leverage employees, collective intelligence, and instead of maintaining norms, leaders are now challenging the way that they do business. Mm-hmm. And rather than suppressing conflict, which is what we do many times, mm-hmm. leaders must draw out issues and let mm-hmm. people feel the sting of reality. Right. We want them to feel that sting. And lastly, mm-hmm. that leaders just must have a presence and poise because regulating um, distress is perhaps one of the uh, most difficult jobs for a leader. Mm-hmm. So a leader must have the emotional capacity to tolerate uncertainty, frustration, and pain because it's going to happen along the way. Wonderful. I love those ending um, tips and notes from both of you. Thank you so much, Lloyd and Ruben, for being on today's show. And thank you so much to our listening audience. Tune in every Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.